0: The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. What is your favorite medium of art? How amazing is it to have the creativity and skill to make things that other people will buy? Our guest today, Star Payne, is a true artisan who does magical things with the creations she makes. This is Star's second time on the Cup of Glow. When we spoke to her about a year ago on Episode 7, we learned about her interest in Zentangle, sketching, jewelry-making, as well as enamelling and glass fusing. Today, we're going to dive deeper into Star's world of art. Welcome again, Star. I'm, I'm so excited that you're joining us again.
1: Oh, thanks, Gloria. It's glad to be back. It's been just about 15 months since my last visit,
0: and a lot of things have happened over that time. Ooh, and we're going to learn all about them. By the way, you are the first return guest for us. So that makes it extra special. Since your last visit, COVID-19 disrupted our lives. How was your art affected by the pandemic? Well, When everything shut down last March, I was in
1: in the middle of, right in between classes because I do teach uh, metal clay at the Lafayette Park Arts and Crafts Center here in Tallahassee, Florida. So it was kind of like like loose ends for a little bit. For about a month or so, I'd I'd worked more on my Zen tangle because it was something that we could do calming, relaxing, getting myself into different things like that. And then I started going online and with Zoom and looking at Zoom and online workshops that people were setting up and all sorts of things like that. And started diving in with both feet into the world of online classes. So most of my past year has really allowed me, the pandemic has really allowed me to explore new jewelry making, new instructors, People from across the world. I mean, just recently, I took a class for the instructors in England. I took another class for the instructors in Canada. I talked to people down in Australia, you know, all over the world, which in the past, prior to prior to the pandemic, I would have never been able to go to any of these places to even meet these instructors because, first of all, you've got the cost of the class, then you've got the travel, then you've got the time. <laughs> So it really was an opportunity to, to expand and learn more and develop my art. Along with the time with not everything else going on, I was able to slow down and really concentrate on what I was doing and take my time, not rushing not to get pieces done and things like that. So in a way, it really was an opportunity, Though it's as much as I hated it and all the shutdown and everything over the year, it was really an opportunity for me to
0: grow personally in a lot of different areas. Well, Zoom has been really helpful for a lot of us in that respect, Zoom and other platforms. And I think we've adjusted somewhat, although I still like getting out and mingling with people, but when will you have another opportunity for your instructor to be in Australia and you're here in Little Old Tallahassee? Oh, I know, I know. And and I don't
1: think um I think the in-person classes and workshops are all gonna come back again. And I like that because just about the beginning of March, I started teaching, after over a year, teaching at Lafayette Park again. Small class, we're just kind of growing into it gradually, but there seems to be the interest for people coming back, which is great. And again, always having students for my my own personal students is another outlet for me to show and learn and and from them, because I always learn something from my students. They they show me all sorts of neat things. <laughs>
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about the training and the classes and all of that. What do you teach specifically?
1: I teach metal clay. And specifically in metal clay, I predominantly teach in what's called copper clay. Now, I don't know if I explained it before, but metal clay is basically microfine particles of either silver, copper, bronze, which are put into an organic binder, which acts like a clay. So you can roll it out, you can form it, you can shape it, it dries, you can sand it, whatever. You fire it in a kiln or with a torch, depending on what kind of metal it is. The binder all burns away. The particles of metal um, fuse together and you're left with a piece that's maybe a little smaller, but the same, same thing that you made going into the kiln before you fired it. So you polish it up and it's really metal. It's, it's either the silver or the copper or the bronze. It, it's not like um, ceramics. It's similar in respect to ceramics, but it's metal. And that's what I've been working on mostly, though I've been diving back in a little bit to traditional metalsmithing with soldering and filing and sanding and cutting. Wow, and that sounds... I still play with my polymer clay. I still play with, you know, other mediums. And then, of course, Zentangle, I've never given up because that's such a... It's such a relaxing, you know, you draw and you relax as you go through it. It, That's why they call it Zen Tangle, (laughs) which is really kind of controlled doodling.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to learn some controlled doodling. So perhaps we can have a workshop soon and we can invite the Milestone Divas to join us as we Zen Tangle.
1: I would love that. That would be great because um, I'm I'm coming up this month taking on... um, a certification program with the people that develop Zentangle so that I'll be eligible to teach and get discounts and other things like that. Just
0: one of my r- s- squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> well, back to your teaching, the students that you teach now, are they beginners Are they intermediate level? What level are they? Most of them have started out as beginners. And I have
1: had people that have signed up with me in succeeding classes that have moved on through the program, or I keep having to keep one step ahead of them with projects and things like that. But most of them have started out as beginners. And actually, um, two of the people in my class that started last March were in my classes over a year ago when we had to shut down. <laughs> so they were they were happy that they were able to come back. <laughs>
0: Well, that's great. That let us know also that you're a good instructor because people return for continuing lessons with you, and hopefully they make nice, pretty things oh, that they we want to buy. They do. Um, most
1: of them are not making to sell, but they're, but they're learning, and some of them eventually probably will, or at least show, display, you know, exhibit.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you've taken classes with from people in England and Australia and wherever else, Uh, what were those classes?
1: Those are metal clay classes. They were more advanced classes, Uh, um, basic—well, it's hard to say. They were advanced classes, three-dimensional forms, uh, moving parts in forms, different things like that.
0: And, and, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I saw one of your classes recently on something called Curious Mondo. And boy, was I impressed. Because not only were you making stuff, ladies, you have to know, Star was also on video and demonstrating. And she did such a great job. Even I no longer have a major fear of YouTube. Just a little. Not a major. So, Star, tell us about Curious Mondo.
1: Oh, yeah. That was something that that came up um, earlier this spring where um, Curious Mondo is a web platform where they teach classes in a variety of arts and crafts. So, they were having what they were calling an art jewelry symposium coming up uh, the mid to late April. And they put out a call for instructors. And I'm like, well, you know, I've never done this before. Create a video, do something online. And I'm like, well, you know, go for it. Let's try it out. You know, what's the worst can happen? You can make a terrible video. They go, oh, this is so awful. And we can't show that. But so my it was my first time doing an online class. It was really or a video class. First time ever making a video of myself or anybody else. <laughs> and then working through a project or and even developing a project to video that some that other people might like and hit a variety of people that from either people that are very new to the medium it was metal clay very new to the medium or people that had been using the medium for a while and so it was part of luckily I didn't have to edit that's my next thing I have to learn how to do is edit videos but um it was I think it was very well received. They had a port a portion where we would meet online live with people watching the video. And I got a really good response from the people that were watching it at the time and commenting. So I was very happy about that. And so I'm in the process of working towards putting together a either a video or a Zoom class to try and promote and do different things like that maybe not with Curious Mondo again right away, but there's other places out there. There's one coming up in the fall. It's called Virtually Evercrafting, and they do a weekend worth of workshops via Zoom a couple times a year, and they're looking for instructors now. So I'm putting together, trying to put together a project to to present for them and see if they would be interested. So... That's another thing that's happened over this this time frame that I've been able to experiment and play around, and especially with Zoom and Zoom training, and uh, and even videoing. I I just bought a new camera. <laughs> that's it's a a camera. It's like a you move, Remember the old overhead projectors? It's similar to that. Only it goes through your computer, so that you can put things. On this platform and show them off or work on this platform without having to rearrange all your cameras all the time.
0: I want one of those.
1: So it's it's uh you'll see how it works out.
0: <laughs> well, Star, this is really exciting because I'm sure there are many ladies out there who may have some extra time and have a lot of creativity like you do. And some may already know what they want to do or dabbling in different things, and some don't. They just want to experiment with different things, and you're a wealth of knowledge for them, or at least inspiration to let everyone know what you can do and how you could learn about things. One
1: thing I've always said is don't be scared to try something. Even if you think you're going to be awful at it, I know people say, oh, I can't do that. I can't draw doesn't matter whether you can draw or not. Try it. You never know. You may surprise yourself. Oh, I can't do that. It's too difficult. Well, until you do it, you don't really know whether you can do it or not. And I think that's why I always like, that's why the squirrel in me comes out because I like to try. I see something. Oh, I want to try that. I want to try that. I'm going to try some electroforming in the next month or two. (laughs) What? Electroforming. Oh. Um, That's where you take, Well, we're going to use copper, but you use um, like anodes and water and and all sorts of things. And you add copper from a pipe that you put in and you attach it to something else. If you've ever seen those um, leaves that are kind of like gold plated, there was jewelry. They were popular for a while back in the 80s and 90s. And what those are is they're electroforms. So they're real leaves but they put a metal coating on them. And so I'm going to try that because that looks real interesting. That sounds <laughs> That's interesting. That's another Zoom
0: class. <laughs> yeah. And mm, an expensive, maybe uh, not no. so cheap hobby? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, metal clay and all that can be an expensive hobby. But, you know, Zentangle's not. All you need is a pencil and a piece of paper.
0: Well, or it might help with our dieting as well because <laughs> I've been trying to diet, and then if I have a, an, an enjoyable hobby, I'll have to decide where the money goes. Yeah, lunch, <laughs> enjoyable hobby.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, this past winter, the the price of silver and a lot of other metals really jumped up again, so it makes it a bit difficult. But you know, it's 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 worthwhile because again. You've got silver, (laughs) you've got copper, you've got, you know, the precious metal. And even if your piece doesn't turn out, you still have silver. (laughs) It doesn't disappear.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Star, you're great at so many things. Which medium do you like best? I think right now my favorite medium
1: is the metal clay and working and silver metal clay for sure. Um, I do like the base metals, the copper, the bronze, but definitely the silver metal clay. And that's what I've been focusing a lot of my attention on lately for that. Um, But then again, you know, I get distracted very easily. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what inspires your work? Um, You know, a lot of different things. I, I look at things. I go on the Internet. I look through Pinterest. I see things. I'm more driven to shapes and textures than I am to finished pieces. So if I see something that's a really neat shape, that's something I like to look at and experiment with. And, you know, or textures, you know, like I use a lot of leaves in my work, either leaf skeletons or natural leaves or the leaf shapes or things like that. But um, it's basically, and then of course, you know, i I was an art major in college, so it was like, it's kind of continued on through the years. Cheater! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make jewelry until about, oh gosh, it's probably been about 25 years ago when I started beading with beads, putting beads together. And then when I moved to Tallahassee, they really didn't have the opportunity for that down here. And that's how I kind of fell into the metalwork. Uh, traditional metal smithing and enameling, and I was learning that over at FSU. And then I'd read an article about metal clay. It was brand new in like the year 2000, 1999, 2000. And I'm like, well, this sounds like something that would work better for me. And since then, that's been my medium of choice for
0: at least jewelry making. Well, I love your jewelry. I have some of it, and I love it. Now, what's your process for designing your jewelry?
1: Um, you know, it's usually in my head, and it starts out, just again, one of the recent things I've started doing more is, is religiously keeping sketchbooks. I never did that before, but recent over the past year and a half, I've started keeping more sketchbooks, and when I get an idea to jot it down, When I was working, I used to have little scraps of paper all over my desk that would have little doodles on them for design ideas, and I'd collect them up at the end of the day, and they'd all be torn little bits of paper and take them home. (laughs) But i have been trying to better keep a a sketchbook, and, you know, that's one important thing that I had always heard and read, and everybody said to do it, and it's just recently that I just really got into that, and I should have been doing it 30 years ago.
0: (laughs) Well, I would imagine over time you've amassed quite a collection. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where do you show your work?
1: Uh, Right now, I have a website and an Etsy store. And just in this past month, I joined the artist co-op of the Wiregrass Gallery up in Thomasville, Georgia. So right now, if you want to see my work in person, that's the place to go. It's the Wiregrass Co-op, and it's on Jackson Street. They just moved. They're right across from Liam's and Jonah's. <laughs> so if you go to eat, <laughs> but I but I do have a yeah I do have a website and a uh, Etsy store, and then in I show have shown at um, Lafayette no Lemoyne Lemoyne Art. Uh, was in their holiday show. They had a show last last summer. I was where they had uh, they had invited a few members of the Florida Society of Goldsmiths, and we displayed our jewelry. Uh, their members show in January, and I'm looking. They've got a show coming up this fall about color. So I've been working on a project for that too.
0: Do you think they're going to have art in the garden or art in the park or whatever they uh, call it? What they time did, of the year?
1: Okay, they, did, they just had their um, Chain of Parks show. Now, this fall, I'm not sure that the Tallahassee Merceries will do their in-person um, artisans in the garden. Last year, they did it online, which was rather interesting because they had all the artists um, have a Etsy store or a Facebook page or something where their people could go in and view their art, and they would have links to them on their website for Artisans in the Garden, which was rather interesting. Uh, probably not as good as sales as people actually going to the gardens, but it was a new. It was something new, and it was something that could be done. And uh, again, people are looking at new ways of going out and showing their work and displaying their work and finding artists or finding art and uh you know it's it's interesting you know and and people right now i think want to get out and do that
0: absolutely they want to
1: go out they want to go to the museums they want to go to the shows they want to go to the to the galleries and the, the museums and things like that we've been locked away for so
0: long <laughs> What advice do you have for listeners who may be considering displaying or selling their own artwork? Work at it. Feel comfortable with what you're doing
1: before you try and do it. And take good pictures. (laughs) Pictures are very, very important. And I will admit that that is my weak point. I am not the world's greatest photographer. But there are lots of sources out there to learn how to take good pictures of your work and how to display them. And everybody's willing to help you out to set up a website, to set up an Etsy store or different different mediums. Facebook, I guess, right now is a good one. And Instagram. Though so those are not two places that I, well, Instagram, I'm just not very fond of, but that's personal.
0: <laughs> well, Star, since you are a returning guest. You already know that on this podcast, we always provide opportunities to recognize and celebrate birthdays with our listeners by offering a fun story or birthday trivia. (laughs) Please tell us
1: about your last birthday. Oh, geez. My last birthday was in the middle of this lockdown, which was in February, which was the, the year anniversary of being on here the first time. It was very quiet this year. I went to the studio and worked <laughs> and then got Chinese food. So it was real exciting. <laughs> yeah, but
0: you had your creative juices flowing. But I was able to have the studios. So that was the best part. <laughs> That's excellent. My key word is happiness. And my ideal state of being is to be happy. Please give us a few words of wisdom to help us live happy. Oh, boy. you have to find happy in yourself
1: if you're not happy with yourself you're not going to be happy at all and you know and don't keep trying to say well when this happens I'll be happy when this happens I'll be happy it has to be right now and you know everybody has good days everybody has bad days but if the good days outnumber the bad days then you're happy
0: (laughs) I agree that is so true before we close, tell everyone where they can find your jewelry. Oh, well, um, my website is called A Handful of Beads. So
1: it's www.ahandfulofbeads.com. It's also on my um, my Etsy store is also linked to that. And then I can be found at the Wiregrass Gallery Artist Co-op up in Thomasville, Georgia right now.
0: What are the hours
1: for wire grass? Wire grass, Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., except on the first Friday of the month, which is tomorrow. They have downtown Thomasville has what they call a sip and stroll. So the stores are open until about, most of the stores are open until 830, and you can buy beer, wine, whatever you want to drink walk around the downtown area. They close off some of the streets and they even put a band out somewhere. I'm not sure. This is going to be my first time doing it, so we'll see. And I will actually be there tomorrow night um, till probably
0: at least 8.30 p.m. So there you have it. If you're looking for something to do on a Friday evening, you can go to Thomasville, Georgia and engage in the Sip and Stroll and stroll and stop by the Wiregrass Gallery (laughs) and check out A Handful of Beads by Star Paint. Star, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. it's been great to be back. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time. Again, (laughs) we have to make this a habit. Well, we'll have to see what happens next year. (laughs) Absolutely. You got (laughs) it. Today's program was brought to you you. by Replay Fitness, Feel Good Again, helping women age 50 and older to retire happy and feel good again. To learn more about Replay Fitness, Feel Good Again, go to replayfitnessfga.com. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. We love what we do and sharing a few minutes with you. Email your questions or comments about the Cup of Glow podcast to Gloria at cupofglow.com. Until next time, this has been the Cup of Glow podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva. It's about a decade and not a date.